The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. I'm really excited about our topic today. We're going to be talking about a company called Be Green Packaging. And I can't tell you how many times a week I get a pitch saying, hey, can you have our product on Go Green Radio or can you have our company on Go Green Radio? And usually I'm just not interested because I... You know, we talk about real issues here, but the reason that I'm so excited to have Be Green Packaging on is because they are doing things right in every aspect of their business. They're not only creating sustainable, compostable products, but they're doing it in a sustainable way in terms of their manufacturing, their insourcing jobs, bringing manufacturing from China to the United States and paying great wages that you can support a family on. They're doing all those things. And guess what? They're profitable. And so I'm so excited to talk about the nitty gritty of how they're making that happen. We have the co-founder of Be Green Packaging on with us today, Ron Blitzer. And Ron, I'm so thrilled that you're here. Welcome to Go Green Radio. Well, thank you for having me, Jill. That was a very nice introduction. Well, and it's all true, and I'm really, really thrilled to bring your story to my listeners. I'd like to begin by just asking you to tell us what kind of packaging solutions your company, Be Green Packaging, uh, manufactures and distributes. Give us an overview of the kind of products that you sell. Well, you know, let me start with, uh, with where I am right now. I'm in Santa Barbara, California, and it's a cloudy day. Cloudy? Uh, and, you know, Santa Barbara <laughs> the birthplace of, really, the environmental movement. You know, back in 1969, we the first major oil spill in America occurred here in the Channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the largest spill in the history of the United States, later surpassed by the Exxon Valdez and uh, I think they call it the Deepwater Horizon spill in the Gulf. Mm-hmm. So it was a large spill. Um, and so it's, you know an appropriate place to to have a business and found a business in the sustainable space. Mm-hmm. My partner and I, uh, Robert Richmond, in 2007, um, had an idea that we could uh, create a sustainable business that had a mission and core values that kind of met the needs and the wants and the desires of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Robert was a venture capitalist. I was in the in the packaging business, the the straw business. Actually, I call it the the junk business. <laughs> and I, I'm an old line surfer, and I was surfing at a great space here in in Santa Barbara called Rincon with my son. And he went, "Hey, Dad, look! There's one of your straws right there," and it was floating in the in the ocean. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I was like 
oh, this, I, this has got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't be in this business. This is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy came to me um, and brought an idea about doing a compostable food container. And uh, he wanted to do it in China. And um, we, we kind of just pursued an idea and a dream. And six months later, we we went to Whole Foods and said, you know, here's what we have. And they made us go through some very rigorous certifications and qualifications. And uh, we started the business manufacturing uh, tree-free, compostable uh, food containers, like mm-hmm. the ones you see in Whole Foods today. Exactly. And um, and so we, we built a line of food service products, plates and bowls, um, and and then from there we we actually there were four or five people one day eating salads out of a container at Whole Foods and they were from Procter and Gamble, and and that got us into the consumer packaging industry. So today when you go into CVS and you uh, buy a Fusion ProGlide razor in that blue box, um, that's made out of our compostable plant fibers. Or you buy a Crest whitening toothpaste in that green container that, again, is is compostable materials. And so now we make food service items, plates and bowls and containers, and uh, and then lines of consumer packaging materials uh, for well, Procter & Gamble and large technology companies. Well, on your website, I know that you've got some packaging that you've done for laptops. Uh, you've done some things for Google, and I actually got a chance to touch and feel these products just this week, and I couldn't believe that they were compostable. And I know that you have had to go through some pretty rigorous uh, certification processes. You have several certifications, and we'll talk about those throughout the course of the show. One of them is BPI. So you can't just say, oh, it's compostable. And some companies do. You actually have gone through the certification to show that it, these products are actually compostable. And according to uh, a, an organization that I really respect, and that's the California Product Stewardship Council, your company is the recipient of their Golden Arrow Award for 2015, and that's their highest award. Um, and I know that they have some pretty rigorous standards that a company must meet in order to win this award, and I'd like to talk to you about how Bee Green Packaging has met these standards. So let's start with green design. What makes the design of your products green or sustainable? Well, you know, our products, you know, there's a big difference between compostability and, uh, you know, biodegradability, Mm -hmm. right? So compostability, compostable products, our products that at the end of their life uh, go into a, say, a commercial compost bin or a home compost bin and actually turn into rich soil, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Can, it, it, it's a complete circle. Um, decomposition or biodegradability are products that just decompose over time. But there could be heavy metals in there. They don't turn to soil. Uh, so it's quite a bit of difference. Mm-hmm. But in order to be... Uh, compostable, um, aside from having the right materials, they do need to be certified. And, and BPI has an extensive certification program uh, 
to go through all the inputs in a product to make sure that they, in fact, do compost. And I know that one of the things that Procter & Gamble has really touted as an advantage to some of your packaging, besides the fact that it's compostable, is that it's reduced, um, you know, the, the weight and the uh, space that's needed to transport their products. So that's part of the green design as well, isn't it? Well, that's part of the green design, right. You know, yeah. it's reduce, recycle, reuse. Um, we cut down on cubes uh, and weight. You know, we're, we're out there manufacturing products that replace styrofoam. Mm-hmm. I mean, styrofoam has just expanded air, in essence, mm-hmm. right? Expanded polystyrene. Um, we're using plant fibers. You know, we've, we've graduated. Everybody has been, say, buying eggs out of egg cartons. Uh, you mentioned this Google Chromecast that we did the packaging for, mm-hmm. which is this beautifully designed, feel, textured item. Not that far from an egg carton, except the raw materials are different. Mm-hmm. We use plant materials. We, we're not cutting down trees to make this. We're, we're using agricultural secondaries like wheat straw or bamboo, mm-hmm. bulrushes, and, uh, and that makes it sustainable, right? Absolutely. I mean, de- deforestation is a, a huge problem on the planet. Um, why... Uh, why cut down forests uh, to make paper products when, in fact, you can use agricultural secondaries? You can use wheat straw. You can use fast-growing bamboo. You can use sugar cane. You can use bulrushes. Um, it's less toxic. It's less energy-intensive. You know, when you think about how much energy goes into pulping uh, trees at lumber mills and and pulping factories, um, doing it out of plants is just so much easier and, and less toxic to the planet. Well, speaking of toxic, I know one of the criteria for meeting the standards for getting this award from the California Product Stewardship Council is toxins reduction. And so I know that besides the fact that you're using less toxic raw materials, um, what are some other ways that Bee Green Packaging has reduced the amount of toxins that might be present, let's say, in other types of food and consumer packaging? Well, in the food world, our, if, you, if you use our packages, whether at Whole Foods or various restaurants around the country, um, you'll notice that most of these are, are natural in color. Uh, so we don't use bleach in any of our products. Mm. And, of course, bleaches are associated with dioxins. Um, so we're not bleaching our products. Um, it's natural. Um, where we do bleach products, they, they use a, uh, a peroxide, which is much safer for the environment. Um, we're not coloring our food service products. So, you know, we don't have fancy colored plates. Uh, but they're all natural looking. Um, sometimes they have some spots and some visual defects, but, you know, again, we, we, we're not coloring. We're not putting coloring agents in it. So it's just a, a lot less harmful and much more organic, um, the process and make. Um, and then of course, for composting, you need purity to compost. You need pure products to compost. Um, so it, it kind of just all fills the needs of, of our mission, of our core values and mission. 
Well, and one of the things that I can appreciate about that as well is having been to some manufacturing plants where some of those chemicals are used, you will see the workers walking around in, I mean, they kind of look like hazmat suits and gloves and things to protect themselves from the chemical exposure. And you're not seeing that in your plants. So not only are you creating a product that's less toxic for the customers and the consumers out there, this is a less toxic process for your workers and your workforce. And I I think that's something that a lot of our listeners can appreciate and something that um, we can value as well. A lot of people are looking for... Um, you know, companies that treat their workers right. And actually, we're going to talk in the next segment a little bit about some of your social justice uh, initiatives and the way that you, you know, treat your workers and what a good um, role model you are in that respect. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but we have so much more when we return. If you want to check out the website for Be Green Packaging while we are on commercial break, don't close this tab in your web browser. Keep listening to us on voiceamerica.com, but open a new tab in your web browser and go to begreenpackaging.com. Don't go away, folks. We'll be back in just a moment. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Up Close with Chris Tinney is now on Voice America Variety. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, Chris brings you the thought leaders, activists, and socially responsible entrepreneurs taking action for the environment, doing business in a new way, and helping the underprivileged. Call in or listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and learn how the small decisions you make today have a big impact on our small planet in the future. Tune in to Up Close with Chris Tinney on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio. In case you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Ron Blitzer. He's co-founder of a company that I can't help but be a great big fan of. It's B Green Packaging. You can find their website at BeGreenPackaging.com. You know, one of the things that I know that my listeners will appreciate, Ron, is the fact that your company is certified cradle to cradle. And actually, you're the only food packaging company with that certification. A lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have read the book Cradle to Cradle and are familiar with the concept. But I'd love for you to talk to us about how you achieve that certification and about what happens to your products when consumers are finished using them. Kind of give us that, not end of life, but, you know, end of use story that goes along with the Cradle to Cradle certification. Okay. Well, first of all, you know, our company is not Cradle to Cradle certified. But our products are certified, cradle to cradle. But the cradle to cradle certification and the cradle to cradle mentality is a uh, are are a set of protocols on how you can conduct your business. And when Robert and I first started the business, we were looking for a platform from which to you know who should we be. Now today, you see B businesses are big. Back in two thousand and seven, there was no B business. Mm-hmm. We were kind of looking for something that would meet some social criteria, some environmental criteria, and we were watching a, a show on Discovery Channel, and uh, they were doing a piece on uh, William McDonough, the architect, yep. who, along with this uh, German chemist, Michael Braunhart, um, came up with the idea of cradle to cradle, and cradle to cradle is a, a certification that has five pillars to it. Material utilization. So what are the materials you're using in your products? Um, material reutilization. What happens not at the end of life, but the end of usefulness of a product? What do you do when you're done using it, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a world of products being developed that became obsolete, right? Quickly. Sure. The radios would break, the cars would break down. Um, and they would be, you know, into a disposable world. So there's material health, material reutilization, um, renewable energy. What are the sources of energy and inputs that go into manufactured goods? Uh, water stewardship. What happens to the water leaving a factory? And when a water leaves the factory, how do you make it cleaner than when it came in the factory? And then social justice. You know, social justice, what are you paying your workers? Uh, what are the social benefits? Um, what's the enlightenment of, of, you know, how are you empowering your people? So mm-hmm. those are the five basic pillars of uh, cradle to cradle. And then they have four or five, I, I think it's five levels of certification. There's basic, bronze, silver, gold, platinum. And, and what's really unique about the certification is it's not a a one-time certification and you're done every year you want to move up that uh that metal Mm -hmm. level right from bronze to silver and gold you need to make continual improvements so the cradle to cradle products innovation institute is based up in san francisco and uh they're doing a great job their companies all over the country. 
uh, all over the world that uh, are are involved with the protocols that are being certified. Um, method, for example, you know the house cleaning products. Right. Look at the back of the of the containers. That's cradle to cradle certified products. Mm-hmm. Uh, textiles are being certified. So cradle to cradle provided for us a platform to really develop our business, and it's kind of the overriding umbrella to our mission, our values. But what's certified for us is our pulp, mm-hmm. our raw material. And, uh, and and so that's that's the important one there. Well, and, and I that's, think it's a, that's our... it's a great differentiator. I mean, you know, when, when consumers and companies are looking at all the choices – um, for companies they could go with for you know a product of this type, I think that's a great way to stand out. Um, cradle to cradle is a is a very high level of achievement. You have some other really interesting and impressive certifications, and I'd like to talk about a few of them. One of the things that kind of surprised me when I was looking at your website was that you're certified non-GMO, and that's normally a verification that I see on products that will be consumed. You know, things that we'll eat or drink. Why is that certification important to you as a packaging company? Well, it's an overall philosophy, you know, it's, and it's supporting the people that we do business with. At, you know, a few years into our business, we were uh, selling our products to uh, Wolfgang Puck. Mm-hmm. And we were in his kitchen in Los Angeles and we were showing his chefs and, you know, they're, they're purchasing guys beautiful line of sustainable, compostable, highly certified green packages for Wolfgang Puck's you know, products. Mm-hmm. They were a little, at that time, they were a little bit more expensive than, than plastic, you know, what Puck was using. And all of a sudden in the meeting, Wolfgang Puck walks into the, uh, um, into the office. And he's looking at our products and he's asking questions. And as people say, well, you know, these are nice, but they're a little bit more expensive. And he asked about what they were made of and was interested in the compostability of the products. And he said, you know, all of you people in here, and he's talking to his chefs, we pray over our food. We bring in organic foods and natural foods, and we're putting them on plastic? Are you <laughs> kidding me? This is what we need to do. End of conversation. <laughs> Buy it. And, and and that's how we landed Wolfgang Puck. We were in business with him. And I love it. Uh, so that was a big thing. So, you know, non GMO, you know, what is a plate company? What is a packaging company? What's the you know, we we just made stickers that that and, and buttons that say, you know, do you know we're non GMO? Mm-hmm. We're a plate. We're a bowl. But you know, non-GMOs are about organic farming. Um, it's about the right for the public to know the ingredients in their products. Mm-hmm. We support that, that thinking. We su- support the non-GMO Project Verified program. Um, so there's a social component to that. There's part of our general mission and alignment with the people and the organizations we want to do business with. So our products are verified non-GMO. 
Well, and I think that that makes what you're doing a part of the sustainable food movement because there's so many people out there looking at all the different ways that, you know, we can create a sustainable food system. And a lot of those same people are looking at non-GMO food products, but to have the items that their food would be served on as a part of that same movement, I think is very, very exciting. You know, you're and, and not... it's progressive and it's it aligned is. with with our customers it's aligned you know with the farmers that put products on our plates i mean if you're an organic farmer and you're growing zucchini and you're non-gmo um well you know you have an option to put your products and package them and get them to the consumer on a product that's aligned with you Mm -hmm. and by the way when we did wolfgang puck we were more expensive today we're price neutral. Love it. We're, we're that, not more expensive than plastic or paper, other paper products. We're price neutral. It's the same price. I love that. Of course, Bee Green Packaging isn't the only company that makes compostable products, but you are unique in that your manufacturing facilities have undergone a couple of certifications that I'm interested in talking about. One is Intertech's Workplace Conditions Assessment and AIB's GMP Food Content Packaging Audit to address health and safety, management systems, and labor conditions. And as I said in the previous segment, consumers today want more than just great products. They want to support companies that treat their workers right. People care about social justice. So talk to us about how you ensure excellent labor conditions and fair wages. Okay. Well, you know, when we started the business, the only place to make a tree-free compostable product really on the planet was in communist China. You know, that kind of ages me, right? I've been (laughs) traveling behind the Iron Curtain. Since 1980. So I knew China well. And and China, of course, has no trees, right? They deforested Mm -hmm. the whole country over the last 3,000 years. So they were using plant fibers there. And uh, we went to China and we contracted uh, and and, and actually built a, a facility with a dental company. So back in the, you know, the turn of the 20th, you know, 2000, 2005, there was a big diversification move there for companies to get into different industries. And this dental company that I knew, you know, we, we convinced them to build a, uh, a packaging company for fiber. Mm-hmm. And uh, right in the middle of the country, Jiangxi province, and uh, we, we built this facility uh, next to a national park in a small town of uh, 50,000 people, um, brought jobs there. Um, but, you know, China's a long way off to be making plates and bowls. But, you know, what were the wages we were going to pay, pay people, and how could we verify that? And so we, we, we engaged a company called Intertech to go in and, and do social audits. Mm-hmm. You know, you, always, you have to be careful about child labor anywhere you deal in the world, although the the number one abuser of child labor laws in the, in the world is probably, uh, you know, the agricultural fields here in Southern California. But even with that said, we needed to have that verified. Um, we paid higher wages in, in the middle of China. High school costs money in China. Hmm. 
and the wages that we end up paying in in China uh, were three times the average uh, for the for the province that we were in, and it afforded the people who worked in our factory there three hundred was the was the number mm-hmm. uh, enough money to uh, to send their kids to to high school. Wow! And uh, we were training people. We built an organic uh, a garden in front of our factory uh, for our workers. And frankly, we had a revolt. It was really interesting. They were so upset and so offended, the people there, because in the community where we were at was an agricultural community. Oh. And it was a real, real, um, it was a social, you know, we, we made a huge mistake when we, when we asked them to build this organic garden because they said, we've been toiling in the soil, you know, for generations. We want to work in factories. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so we had to dismantle the factory. We turned it into a park. Um, so that was kind of interesting. But through that process, um, we knew that it was not sustainable to be manufacturing all these products in China. Mm-hmm. You know, the transportation, the cost, labor rates were rising. And, uh, and so we made a commitment to open up a factory in the United States and be the first tree-free uh, agricultural secondary manufacturer here in the United States. And we've done that. We opened up in South Carolina, a place called Ridgeland, South Carolina, about 30 miles north of Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. in the poorest county of, in South Carolina, a um, place that had high unemployment, um, an agricultural area, and we've built a factory there. And here's the amazing thing, Jill. We can make our products in South Carolina for less money than we can make them in China for. Wow. Our electricity costs are half the cost. You know, the power, our, you know, our, our factories require a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and electricity is expensive. Sure. Um, South Carolina, the electricity is six and a half cents a kilowatt hour. In China, it's 15 cents a kilowatt hour. Um, And then the part of the electricity that we get, which ties into our cradle-to-cradle certification, is renewable. Now there's a lot of coal down there, but there's also a lot of hydroelectric power in the Carolinas. So electricity was at a lower cost. Equipment, we took advantage of our relationships with with our Chinese uh, suppliers. So we bought all of our equipment in China and brought it over. We're currently up and running, producing products uh, for Whole Foods, uh, for uh, Tender Greens, for all kinds of companies here in Los Angeles and around the country, um, right out of South Carolina. And our employment base there is growing. You know, people said, oh, they must have given you a lot of money to go down there. They didn't give us any money at all. They gave us, uh, they gave us an incentive, and this was pretty easy. If the minimum wage that you pay people down there is $10.25 an hour, if you hit that number and provide health benefits, full health benefits to your employees, um, we'll, we'll allow you to claw back a part of your payroll tax over the years. Huh. And uh, and I thought that was nice. That was that was generous. Um, so we have factory workers in a state where the minimum wage is seven dollars and fifty cents. 
Mm-hmm. People are making over $10 an hour. Um, good working conditions. You know, we're, we have a great, great organization in South Carolina that's growing, mm-hmm. probably adding 10 to 15 employees uh, a week down there. And wow. uh, it's a great experience. Great, great experience. Green jobs here in America and manufacturing, no less. And we all know what a hit manufacturing has taken in the last few years. That's that's very inspiring. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we have so much more to discuss. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. In case you just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Ron Blitzer, co-founder of Bee Green Packaging. You can check him out at BeeGreenPackaging.com. One of the exciting things that's about to happen for Bee Green Packaging is that they're going to be awarded the highest level of, of award that the California Product Stewardship Council offers. It's called the Golden Arrow Award, and that's going to happen at a convention next week called the California Resource Recovery. Association, CRRA, a huge 
group of uh, recycling and zero waste um, advocates. Uh, we have everybody from landfill operators to waste haulers to county recycling coordinators and what have you. And they'll be gathered next week in L.A. And Be Green Packaging is going to be one of the big award winners. And, you know, of course, this happens in California, but this is a movement that's going, you know, all over the U.S. And that's a movement to become a zero waste community. And a lot of U.S. cities are moving in that direction. Um, Ron, how do you see Be Green Packaging being part of the solution for municipalities that are working toward that zero waste goal? Yes. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's great winning this award uh, from the California Product Stewardship Council. Um, I can assure you it's something we didn't point towards. You know, we're just trying to do the right thing. And uh, I have a company that has unbelievable employees. Mm-hmm. A lot of young people, a lot of people, young people who are coming out of universities uh, like UCSB and UCLA uh, with degrees in sustainability, or they might come out of the Bren School of Environmental uh, Science, and, you know, they're passionate about this, right? So, I mean, these are millennials, mm-hmm. and uh, it's take no prisoners and, and no excuses, so... Here we are. We're opening our factory, and, and, and they teach me everything, right? They teach us <laughs> stuff, and they don't let us get away with anything. Um, and they keep us honest, and, uh, and, and they're a big part of the success of our company. They're a very, very big part of, of, of our success. Um, so zero waste, I mean, today, at least in my sphere of friends and, and parties and events I go to, Right. That's kind of like the big movement. It's, right. Let's, let's have a party for a thousand people and and see if we can have no waste. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are events all over the country that that that's happening uh, at. And, th- and that's a real strong movement um, in our factory. Now we have an opportunity because we had a blank slate. We're starting from scratch. And uh, and so the idea of how do we build a factory? that doesn't utilize the local landfill, right? Right. So we, we, we started an edict. We said, nothing's going to the landfill. Let's make this a zero-waste facility. And, uh, and, and, and my people, the people within the organization, you know, brought the resources together in South Carolina. We're recycling and composting is, you know, they're just talking about it, Right. I mean, here in California, we're banning plastic bags and styrofoam. And frankly, in parts of this country, they just found styrofoam and they just discovered plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a big disconnect. But in South Carolina, which is getting pretty progressive, um, we, we have designed a factory that uh, we're going to be certified zero waste. So we're composting on site. We're vermiculturing, you know, on site. Wow. Um, we're recycling. Boy, if you walked into into uh, into the Bee Green uh, facility with a styrofoam cup, we ask you to leave. Right? You're not welcome. <laughs> Take it there. with you. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're educating our staff and organization. Um, this uh, Ava Van Wingerden runs this for us. You know, she's a young woman out of uh, UCSB. She's been with us for five or six years. She comes out of the agricultural industry and uh, her family were, were flower growers and, and beautiful carpenteria. Um, 
And so she's passionate about this. And, uh, you know, if you go to our facility in, in South Carolina and you look at our composting and our organic gardens we've built there and, um, you know, nothing is going to the landfill. Now, she'll probably call me later and say, oh, Ron, you missed that. We are, Some stuff is going. I couldn't give you the exact details, but I, I can tell you that there is a certification that uh, we have received in South Carolina, and I think we are are one of the first companies, if not the only company in South Carolina, to to have received this. I'm sure there are more there, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Well, and, uh, and what you said you is so powerful. Factory, you know, it, well, when, you know, when you go into that factory, imagine a factory, say the water. We recycle all the water. It, nothing leaves the factory on the water side. All of our materials that we're producing there and our products and our rejects, right? We reject the product. We recycle it. We reuse it uh, in the manufacturing process. So it's pretty impressive. It really is. And what's really powerful about what you said is what if we designed a manufacturing operation that didn't use the local landfill? That's a mouthful right there. And I know that a lot of people who are going to see you win that award next week are going to be excited about that. But what's more is that your products can actually help communities with their zero waste goals. For instance, if a community's got a composting program going on, I know that a lot of communities' waste stream comes from food waste and restaurants and school cafeterias. And if all of those, you know, uh, if all of those entities were using truly compostable plates, that could take care of not only the plateware, but also the food waste component um, in their waste stream. And so your products actually become part of the solution, which I think is tremendous. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about what you're doing is um, is your water stewardship. I mean, it's no secret to anyone in California, certainly that we are in a major drought. I drove up the I-5 yesterday and where I used to see lush uh, agricultural fields full of produce, um, they're dry as a bone. I mean, it looks like a dust bowl out there. And so, um, you know, we're low on water. There are several states in the U.S. that are very dry, and it just so happens that many of them are in the plain states where they also grow food. And so it's really hurting us to be in this drought and, and you know, to to be experiencing this all at the same time across the United States. Um, and so I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how Bee Green Packaging is a good water steward. You mentioned that you recycle the water in your plants. Um, are there other ways that you... Um, try to make sure that your company's not overusing that precious resource? Well, I, I can. Um, you know, we had a board meeting in Santa Barbara last week, and uh, it was really hot in Santa Barbara. And, and uh, one of our board members flew in, and somebody said, well, you need to get some water. And he brought in a case of, of water from, from the local store um, in bottles, plastic bottles. And everyone, oh, no, no, we, we don't bring plastic bottles in our offices. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you a great story. In South Carolina, we recycle all the water. In South Carolina, there's right now there's plenty of water. You know, it, it's, sure. it's probably 60 inches of water a year out there. Um, and, we, and we are a water-intensive manufacturing process. But like I just said, 
nothing leaves our plant. Mm-hmm. That's great. So then last week, maybe last month, Ava, our echo steward, comes up to me and says, I got a great idea. I figured out that with the rainfall in South Carolina, we can utilize the water from the rainfall to run our factory. There's enough rainfall runoff to run our factory. All right. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and, and we are, and we're on that right now. We are on that. And, uh, at first we, you know, we ran into a hiccup. Oh, the, the FDA won't allow us to use rainwater to make food contact products. Uh-huh. And then she came up and said, aha, I, I know how we can sterilize this. So while we're really not wasting water in South Carolina, we're using groundwater. And let's just say that we have an initiative now going forward. Let's utilize rainwater. And, I uh, love it. And it, my God, that's just unbelievable, right? It really is. Um, it really is. I mean, it's more than just, you know, what we're hearing about people. It's great when people do this, put rain barrels in their backyard, and that's how they, you know, water their vegetation. But for a manufacturing plant to to be striving to do that is absolutely revolutionary. And I think, you know, the way that you guys treat the agricultural process of, you know, the, the actual raw material of your products is also gentler on the water cycle than some more typical, you know, products of your ilk that use a different agricultural approach. Talk to us about, you know, how your agricultural sourcing material is different and how that is less water and energy intensive as well. Well, you know, look, right now in the United States here, uh, there is no one pulping agricultural secondaries. It is not happening. Um, we have the plans. We have the people. We understand the process that in the next 18 months, we will be contracting with local farmers in South Carolina, wheat farmers, um, and taking their hay, the straw, after they harvest the wheat, the product that's on the ground that they turn into bales of hay or they normally burn, we will Mm -hmm. be collecting that. We will be pulping that. We will be using those materials here in the United States to make plates and bowls and food containers and consumer packages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just part of the whole circular economy. Um, Right now our bamboo, our sugar cane, our bulrushes, uh, we bring them in from all over the world. We bring them from China. We bring them from Brazil. We bring them uh, from Spain. Um, that's an expensive proposition. Um, but, you know, it's all part of a process. And we're not the only company in America, you know, that's striving for this. But I think we, we, have, the, we have the lead. We have the will. We have the resources to make it happen. And, uh, and it's also economically driven. So when when we're working with local farmers, imagine local farmers, they sell their wheat. Now they have a secondary source of income from selling their wheat straw. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you get to a large enough scale, uh, the byproducts of our pulping process, you could turn into glycol, glycol used in bioplastics. So the sources of income for local farmers, uh, the utilization of waste products, um, the end of life, usefulness of products that go into compost 
you can see this full circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the circular economy, and that's what we're trying to be a part of and be an example for. Well, I think you're doing more than being a part of it, Ron. I think you're leading a lot of this, and that's well, what I think is that's what I think is so exciting. You know, one of the other you. things thank that you. you bet. One of the other things that we have talked about on Go Green Radio a lot, and maybe this is because supply chain is pillow talk in my house. My husband is a supply chain professional, and so we talk about you know what it takes to create a sustainable supply chain a lot, and. You know, I really appreciate how Be Green Packaging monitors its suppliers. You have a supplier code of conduct, and I'd like for you to talk to us about creating a sustainable supply chain um, and how you manage your suppliers to ensure they meet the highest standards. Well, you know, years ago, um, when I was in the plastic business, the garbage plastic business, uh, one of my customers was Starbucks, and uh, they take supplier uh, certifications and supplier relationships and compliance and alignment very seriously. So, you know, using their playbook, um, you know, we try to qualify our our suppliers. Um, We try to get them aligned with us. Um, We educate each other. We communicate with each other all across the supply chain. I mean, the perfect, you know, like I, like a customer, like Whole Foods. My God, what a great example for, for all of us. You know, most of the Whole Foods around the country compost. Now, they don't compost on, on site, but they gather the food scraps. I mean, I love it when I go to a Whole Foods and I see their compost bin filled with our containers, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, right. and then sitting in front of those stores and at the flower bins, Whole Foods is, is selling compost. And uh, that compost is... A, probably a result of, of some of our products. And that's, again, that's part of that whole supply chain mm-hmm. and, uh, and that circular economy. I love thing. it. And it's a good example. The other person who's really strong in this, that's a great example, and they're very quiet about it, is Walmart. Walmart mm-hmm. is leading this whole sustainable recycling, composting a world. Every Sam's Club in California composts. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I'm sure no one knows that, but that's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. And uh, they, it they is found a way un- to make a lot of money out of it. Several. It's a big deal on several levels because there are a lot of municipalities in California who've had a difficult time zoning composting facilities. So when it's happening on site, you know, in a, a private business, that that is a huge plus because it's amazing as progressive as California is that there are still so many difficulties in siting composting facilities in many areas. So that's a big deal on a lot of levels. You know, well, I, I can I. I can let you know that we are working on a project with a major consumer packaging company that has developed a, just call an electronic home kitchen composter. And we're making one of the vessels for that. And so this is, this will be coming to a kitchen in your home very soon. Well, I, I volunteer to be one of your beta testers, so <laughs> no problem. Yeah. We, will, we will put that to use. You know, back in March of this year on Go Green Radio, we had Will Rosenzweig and um, Sophie Egan on Go Green Radio, and they were talking about the need for food innovation. And you would love Will. I want to introduce him to you because he's an entrepreneur like you, Ron. Um, among his many accomplishments, he was the co-founder of a company called The Republic of Tea. 
And in addition to teaching at the business school at UC Berkeley, he's also the dean of the first ever food business school. It's a graduate level educational opportunity through the Culinary Institute of America. And he's teaching the next generation of restaurant owners and food chain business leaders how to create a more sustainable uh, food system, essentially. Where do you see... Um, sustainable food packaging like your products fitting into a sustainable food system? Geez, the Republic of Tea, great brand. Yeah. You know, before he did the Republic of Tea, he there was a little clothing company he started called the Banana Republic. Um, what an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. What a, you know, what a product developer. Lived in Mill Valley, mm-hmm. Green County. Uh, which used to be a place I used to live. So, um, Jill, I just lost your question. <laughs> just yeah, but how do you see you know sustainable food packaging like Be Green packaging? How do you see your products playing into a sustainable food system? You know, besides putting organic food, you know, and and locally grown food into restaurants and markets, um, what role do you see for sustainable okay. food packaging? Yeah, well, you know, our customers, and we have customers all around the world, I, and I have NDAs with everybody. I'm not supposed to talk about, you know, who we do business with, who we're making things for, but there is a global national brand out there, and they're launching this in six months, less than that, maybe, maybe in the next 90 days. So when you go to the grocery store today and uh, all these containers – that you buy, right? These plastic containers, glad containers, mm-hmm. right? And then you use them a couple of times and you throw them away in baggies. Mm-hmm. There is a progressive thinking, you know, container company out there that is going to be using our products that uh, people will buy in the grocery store mm-hmm. in packs of 10 or 12, take them home, put their food in them, uh, the store, uh, for five days, three days, and then they'll be able to compost them. So cool. that's going to be happening in the home. Mm-hmm. On the on the fresh food side, well, there's a revolution going on out there. I mean, you see less and less styrofoam in, in, uh, in supermarket trays today, right? Absolutely. Um, you see packaged foods, say, in Whole Foods. It, it's changing daily, you know, while it, it used to be all plastic in there. There's more compostable materials and compostable bioplastics out there. So, you know, that whole waste stream is, is going to be significantly reduced over the next few years. When you walk down that aisle in a grocery store of uh, cleaning products, I mean, look at seventh generation. Look at, look at that bottle that they're using right now. It's a fiber bottle. Yes, sure. it has a plastic liner in it, but it's all moving in the right direction. Absolutely. All those spray bottles, the things that, you know, sure. Windex and cleaning materials. We in our space, we're beginning to make bottles. Okay, mm-hmm. we are we are testing some things to make round cylinder bottles that can hold liquid, 
And when you're done with it, you can compost it. I love that. So, and I think every mom in America is going to love that. And, I, you know, for those who are really into the sustainable food uh, system and, and remaking of our food system, I think that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to think about what we're serving the food in just as much as what we're putting into the food. And so I see, I see your company being a big part of that. Ron, it's been a pleasure to have you on Go Green Radio. For our listeners, it's always a pleasure having you tune in. If you want to look up some more information on Be Green Packaging, go to their website, begreenpackaging.com. You know, we're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, everybody, have a great week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.